helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. old enough to remember Superman's original motto, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. When did we migrate from fighting for truth, justice, and the American way and start fighting against it? I'm not saying that America is or ever has been perfect, but when did we find it acceptable to use the force of law to attack our political opponents? I remember when President Nixon resigned to avoid impeachment for covering up a burglary of the office of his political opponents. But today we're looking at the departments of justice, the FBI, ATF, the military, even state and local prosecutors attacking their political opponents with impunity. Now it seems those prosecutors are are targeting those attempting to defend themselves while defending those who are committing crimes. Our economy has been under attack for decades, but the last few years has gone from a guerrilla campaign to an outright kinetic action. We see state and federal administrators attacking the life's blood of our economy, affordable energy, because of a disproven myth of man-made climate change. If you feel you're under attack, you're probably right. When will the American people get off their butts and start fighting back? Well, hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me. I'm I'm hoping uh, you're having a pleasant holiday season. But I wanted to take some time and and look at these, you know, this this whole idea. I, I sometimes sometimes I think it's we're in bizarre world where you know left is right, up and down, true is false. Sometimes I look and think maybe they're just people that are. They so hate us. They so hate our way of life. They've been so indoctrinated with the idea of America being evil that they're willing to attack the very thing that allows them to express the very ideas they are expressing. But the last year or so, it's gone, actually probably about five, six years now, it's gone from, yeah, let's just call people evil, you know, call them, call them all sorts of names for, oh, I don't know, believing in truth, justice, and the American way, call them racist, call them homophobic, call them whatever you want, to an out-and-out attack on the very ideas of freedom of speech, of justice, of truth itself. And we're now to the point where there are actual legal attacks for simply being in another political party or holding differing political ideas. This, ladies and gentlemen, to me, seems worse than before. I mean, sure, we've had scenarios where administrations have used the arms of, 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 the, of the levers of power to uh, go after some of their enemies, like the IRS targeting uh, conservative groups applying for 501c3s. We've seen that in the past. We've even seen... Uh, presidential administrations like the Nixon administration that um, went after uh, uh, their political opponents. They, they did a, a they robbed the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee looking for dirt on their candidates. I mean, we've seen this before. But ladies and gentlemen, it just seems more. It seems like the the uh, 
the rules of engagement have been escalated. You know, it used to be, you know, when they had when you had political opponents, well, you'd you'd smear them with all sorts of names. You'd call your opponent names. You'd try to find dirt on them. Uh, you'd lie about them. Uh, some people might even try to manufacture scandals against them. We've seen this for decades. But now we're seeing uh, people in multiple states simply saying, you are not allowed to run for office because we disagree with you. We have, a, a, the, the, we have President Joe Biden telling the, uh, the media that they're not, they're not doing their job right. They're not shining a bright enough light on Donald Trump's uh, abortion record. He even went so far to say, it's time to meet the moment and responsibly inform the electorate of what their lives might look like if the leading GOP candidate for president is allowed back in the White House. This allowed rhetoric, as if the White House is, is uh, you know, belongs to somebody and, and well, we'll not allow you to enter it. Not, not that it's illegal for you, to, we just can't allow you as political. Now, this political rhetoric I've heard, maybe not to this extent, but I've heard it before. But I want to talk about the, uh, the, this 14th Amendment bid. Now, there are multiple states where uh, either uh, private parties or I think in some cases even attorneys general have brought suit trying to prevent Donald Trump, Trump, Trump's name from being on the 2024 presidential ballot claiming that he's disqualified under the 14th Amendment because he committed insurrection. Again, I've talked about this before. I, I knew this was happening as soon as they started talking about uh, January 6th as an insurrection. It was in the, They were setting this up, and so far, not a single court that has decided this case has said, you're right. In fact, uh, ha I think we're somewhere around six, eight courts so far have said uh, no. But again, that's just one whacked out judge's opinion away from legally preventing someone from being on the ballot. For example, in the Colorado case, the judge found that Trump incited in an insurrection on January 6th. I, th I think uh, they're saying that when he said to go peaceably and patriotically tell them what you think, that's viewed as an insurrection. Well, that only works if you believe that the Democratic establishment or the Biden administration was the government, which it wasn't even at the time. But again, if, if a judge can say, say, and this was really weird, because she said, yes, the Trump in, incited an insurrection, but... Um, uh, Section 3 of Article 14 of Amendment 14 doesn't apply because it doesn't apply to presidents. Again, she's wrong on both counts. Right? Because um, uh, A, what he did, telling people to complain about the election, is not an insurrection. But B, the, uh, the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says anyone who took an oath to support the Constitution and then committed an insurrection would be barred from holding office. You see, if a judge is that ignorant or just that corrupt, how close could it be for them to say, yeah, we'll just, we'll just get rid of, uh, of Trump that way. We can't beat him at the polls, therefore we'll have to beat him in the courts, even if we have to make stuff up. 
And of course, we've got these uh, these indictments against President Trump so far. I've yet to see one that had anything that related that actually had something uh, some evidence of an actual crime. Um, in fact, the only crimes I've been seeing have been by the judges and the prosecutors, not the the, the what was alleged. And it's not just Trump they're going after. Uh, for example, uh, John Eastman, a an attorney, he was Trump's attorney. And they've been after him. He said he spent between three and three and a half million dollars defending himself from what he refers to as lawfare, using the law to come after him simply for giving legal advice to the president of the United States. Oh, you give legal advice that the uh, the, the tyrants and the bureaucracy don't like, and they come after you. I, I think uh, Mr. Eastman was correct when he said, this is what I call the authoritarian moment in our history. Certainly seems this, uh, that that's the case. He went on to say, uh, the whole premise here is the government has spoken and you continue to say otherwise, therefore you must be lying. Sounds pretty dire. It sounds like a, an attack on the very idea of truth. Truth is what the government says it is or will punish you. Justice is gone. If you can be uh, uh, attacked, if you can have your life ruined, and you're, you're spending millions of dollars to defend yourself for doing your job and giving legal advice, there is no justice. The American way is gone. And I want to think about this, because the very people we ask to defend the Constitution, to defend our very way of life, well, they're, being, they're under attack as well. See, they're being used. The, the, apparently, the military personnel have been prohibited from, uh, from attending a rally by Turning Point Action. Well, because they've been labeled pro-Trump and alt-right. They're MAGA. And because of that, they've now been labeled domestic terrorism. And if you're in the military and you attend this rally, I'm assuming you'll receive some sort of punishment. Imagine giving up your life. I don't simply, you know, yes, the, the, you work in the military, there's a chance you may be asked to, to fight and die, but just the ability to serve this country and then being told you don't have the right to peaceably assemble. You can only assemble what the people government says is okay. Anybody who disagrees, any of our political opponents are domestic terrorists. Apparently, the leadership at an Air Force base in North Dakota sent a text message to all the service members warning them of the dangers of being near a rally that featured a speaker from a pro-Trump organization. It read, leaders, please exercise caution if downtown this weekend. By the way, this is sent from, from uh, Minot Air Force, just sent all Minot Air Force Base personnel. Is, is this the American way? That you, you, you know, if you're in the military, you have to be warned about going to a, a Dakota Patriot rally because it's associated with the political opponents of the current administration. And I even want to be careful about that because let's think of it this goes deeper than the current administration. This is not simply a, a, um, a Biden issue because a lot of this has been going on back when Trump was in office. We saw all the, the leaks of, uh, and, and, and lies told out of the administration when Trump was in charge. 
We saw the, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Attorney General targeting the leader of those groups. The president uh, holds all executive power. So we're seeing not even in, uh, the, the um, it's not even a question of the administration. If you think about it, if you oppose the, if, uh, if you're a political opponent of the bureaucracy, you can be attacked. Those who follow you can be attacked. Those who are linked to you can be attacked. And more often than not, uh, unless you're, uh, uh, you are or in some way related to a, a big-name person with a lot of money, what are you supposed to do? Let's say you're not the, the former uh, attorney for the former president. Say you're just, oh, some pro-lifer who tried to defend his son from an aggressive pro-abortion, pro-murder activist. They'll go after you too. Say you just happened to go to January 6th because you saw the problems in the election. You didn't commit any crimes, but you were there. Now your name's on the lists. You're being spot, you're being surveilled without a warrant. Suddenly you're, you know, if they find anything about you, what do they do? They stick you in jail. They delay your right to a, 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 a fair trial. In many cases, you're denied the chance at a fair trial. Is this what Superman fought for? Is this what millions of Americans fought and bled and died for in the military? Is it? You know, it's funny. I still remember that when I wrote the article about the Battle of Athens, Tennessee, where men coming back from World War II had to pick up arms and fight to retain their right to a free and fair and transparent vote, to elect their representatives. I don't want to get that far, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm finding it harder and harder to find another way. Now, I think we still can. I think we can still do this without resorting to gunfire, at least not on a massive scale. But it's going to take more and more people waking up and saying, I will do something. You don't have to do everything. Just do something. You know, I started the Patriots program here at the Constitution Study with this in mind. That the th three things we really need right now are education, communication, and activation. We need people that are educated in the Constitution, that are not only recognized when their rights are violated, but are prepared to defend and assert them, not just for themselves, but for their friends and neighbors as well, their families. That's what the tools in the, the Constitution Scholars section of the Patriots is for. We need to communicate because very often, we have all these groups doing their own thing, and if they just shared some information, they could be so much more effective. That's why I formed the Committees of Correspondence, to find out ways to, A, communicate among the different groups, share what's going on, ask for help, get information, but do so in a way that will avoid the censors, that prevents you know, Facebook or, or Twitter or YouTube coming along and saying, nope, we're not going to allow you to communicate. And lastly, the, the, the Minutemen, the men and women that have said, we need help, call me. Be ready in a moment's notice to provide help, whether it's, um, whether it's attending some sort of rally, whether it's providing security for some sort of rally, or whether it's just coming to the aid of somebody whose rights are under attack.
We need to focus local. We need to, to I'm not saying we don't care about D.C., but I need to think we, we, we need to put our focus on our own towns, our counties, our cities. The places where we live are the places that we need the most help with. And I think the Patriots program is a good start. Again, check it out, constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. Now, I have to take a break. Before I go, you know, if you want to be healthy, you really do need to get good night's sleep. Now, thankfully, I sleep pretty good, although my wife often has, has an issue. But one of the things I didn't realize is that some of these supplements, like, like melatonin, they're hormonal-based, and they can actually disrupt your hormone system, the, 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 the endocrine, the, the hormones, and how they interact. Well, the wellness company has come up with a solution. They call it restful sleep. It's full of natural ingredients that are designed to calm the mind, reduce stress, to help you get a better night's sleep. Gluten-free, vegetarian, made right here in the good old U.S. of A. And backed by documented research vetted by the Chief Medical Board of the Wellness Company. Now, since you listen to America Out Loud, you can get 25% off products and 25% off your first month of membership if you use the code OUTLOUD at the Wellness Company. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But please, go to the Wellness Company. Check out their products, Restful Sleep and others. Check out the membership. It's really an interesting idea. But make sure when you check out, when you put your card together and check out, use that code out loud. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off products and your first month of membership. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. 
We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution study. Today, we're looking at, uh, well, the fact that it appears it's, they've been declaring war on the American way. Now, too many of us are, well, we're just not in the fight. The first segment, I talked about, uh, well, a lot of it, what's been going on. We, we talked about um, uh, the media. We talked about attacks on political opponents. We talked a lot about uh, um, attacks on people who are just associated with political opponents to, to the point, I mean, this, this reminds me of, of Soviet Russia or Mao's China. And we're not, I don't see people doing much about it. And I'm not saying there aren't. I'm, I know there's stuff going on that we just don't see because, well, the media is complicit. They're the propaganda arm of this attack on the American way, this war against our way of life. So I'm not surprised when they, 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 they hide information that we would find, um, we, we, we would want to see. But they're also attacking our economy. And, and this to me, this is, they've literally declared war on the American economy. There are several ways we can see this. There's a lot of, of views of this. For example, um, the, the index of leading, the leading economic index, which is a, a bunch of, of economic indicators that they use to help uh, try to, I guess you'd say, crystal ball how healthy the economy is, what it's going to look like. Well, it went down another 0.8% in October, down to 3.3%. This is the 19th month in a row, 19, one nine in a row that the leading economic index has gone down. Ladies and gentlemen, that is bad news because not only are they attacking your political freedom, they're attacking your ability, well, to live, to have shelter, food, clothing. The, the, according to the, uh, uh, the conference board, these numbers... Now, they're an indicator that that we may be heading into a, a recession, if not now, very soon, because they're saying the gross, the real gross domestic product, how big the economy, fast the economy grows, is eight tenths of a percent in 2024. Minuscule pittance. Now, some of what's leading this is um, uh, consumer expectations. You know, I love when when. Uh, was Janet Yellen said, you know, people think the economy is bad. It's our job to teach the American people to show them that Bidenomics is working. Well, it's not. And that's the problem. So you have a, a uh, you have a, a decrease of, of, of output, right? If you're, if you're only expecting things to grow 0.8% and almost three quarters of the, uh, of our economy is based on consumption um people are consuming less they're worried about what's going on now, the other reason is in large part is uh, credit tightening interest rates are going up though that you know hey we can we can borrow that car we can buy that house we can we can charge that vacation and and is is harder because things are more expensive i think this in 2023 the um 
Interest on our national debt was over $800 billion. It was approaching, if not surpassed, what we spend on national defense. And with interest rates going up, that's only expected to get worse. I mean, the, the, the debt increased two, almost $2.5 trillion between Thanksgiving of 22 and 23. That's over $7,300 per person in the U.S. The government borrowed in your name on your full faith and credit. And um, there's no signs of it getting better. Look at all the rancor about, you know, oh, you, you want to value, what do you want? You, we need, we need more money. You know, um, you, you want to get a spending. We got, you can't cut the, you can't cut our spending. Oh my God. If we cut our spending, we, <laughs> we might be able to stop bribing people. So people are not happy. Credit is getting worse. And the index for new orders, the uh, anticipation of future demand at, at the, the, at the, the uh, industrial level. Yeah, it was down um, to forty-five and a half percent. This is down. It was at, it was at forty-nine point two percent back in September, and guess what? Under fifty percent means they're expecting a contraction. They're expecting the economy to contract to lead us towards a recession, and people aren't happy. Add those, add that together. The uh, the consumer concerns, the orders, the uh, the credit crunch, the debt. You know, if you are trying to destroy the the U.S. economy, there's only a few other things you would do that I think would be you would do if you're actively trying to destroy the economy. You 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 borrow like crazy, uh, you spend like crazy, you drive up inflation, you drive a credit crunch. Now all that means that. Uh, your your spending power goes down, so we have we have an unemployment rate that's um, looking really low, but again, ignores a lot of the fact that people the the number of people who have simply given up in this economy. But the idea of real wages, you know, what does your stuff, what does your wage actually buy? Well, that's been going down as well. So what else could you do to actively destroy our economy? How about you just get rid of affordable energy? Because energy, again, it's the lifeblood of the American economy. It, it's it's what powered us to to win win World Wars One and Two to our great economic explosion is the availability of affordable energy. And we've gone from the idea that oh my God, we're all going to die if we still have this. That this whole nonsense of of anthropomorphic or, or or anthropogenic, I should say, or man-made climate change. Now, one of the biggest proponents is John Kerry. He was in Congress. He was testifying. Uh, he was being up um, in, in front of committee. And uh, Representative Massey, um, well, he took him to task. He took him to town. Listen to this. See, Massey starts by, by setting up uh, Mr. Kerry with a question about, um, well, his, his education in the sciences. But I don't think we should question your credentials today. Isn't it true you have a science degree from Yale? What's that? Bachelor of Arts degree. Is it a political science degree? Yes, political science. So how do you get My a regret. Bachelor of Arts in a science? Well, it's liberal arts education and degree. It's a bachelor. Okay, so it's not really science. So I think it's somewhat appropriate that somebody with a pseudoscience degree is here 
pushing pseudoscience in front of our committee today. So Massey says, oh, I see you're a scientist because you have a political science degree, a liberal arts. All right, he's spoken just. But this question of science becomes very important because that's the, 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 the challenge. I guess, um, you know, Biden's putting together a team. Kerry doesn't like it because I, I, I maybe it's questioning some of his his religion. But then we get to the question of science. And I want you to listen closely because you may not catch it at first, but there's some really good, some good stuff in here. But it's not science. You're not quoting science. I, I, well, you're the science expert. You got the political science degree. Look, let me ask you this. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware? 350 that being the level that scientists have said is danger. Okay, let's start with some real science. Um, a consensus doesn't make it true. And you have to ask the consensus of who, under what conditions. Simply saying there's a consensus that said, we think there's about 406 uh, parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere. And there's a, the scientists, quote unquote scientists, say that 350 is dangerous. Of course, he never quotes actual science. Here's the study. Here's the testing. Here's the averaging. He never quotes that. That's why climate change is a religion, not science. But it gets even better because, um, <laughs> well, how do you put this? He's about to be hoisted. Mr. Kerry is about to be hoist on his own rhetoric. Okay. Are you aware? 350 is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over a thousand parts per million. Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's. Um, let me just share with you that we now know that definitively, at no point during the least the past eight hundred thousand years has atmospheric CO two been as high as it is today. The reason you chose eight hundred thousand years ago is because for two hundred million years before that, it was greater than than it is today. And I'm going to submit there, for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 well, billion people. So how did it yet. get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed did up. Did geology stop when we got on the planet? Boom. I mean, that's just the mic drop moment. The two things you have there. First of all, yes, you, you, know, you, you cherry pick information. That's what... Mr. Kerry was doing when he said, well, 800,000 years. Yeah, because before 800,000 years, the number was much, much higher. He said, before for the last 800,000 years, they know. I question that, but okay, we'll give them that. They know that atmospheric CO2 has not been above 406 parts per million. But because once you go beyond that 800,000 years, you've got, oh, it's over 2,000 parts per million. So Mr. Kerry says, yeah, but that was a, that was a different time. Okay, then how did it go from 2,000 to 400 because of people if people weren't here? If this was caused by geologic events when we weren't here, did geology stop? Did, 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 did those geological simply stop because, well, human beings show up? You see the irrationality of this event once you start looking at the actual science, the actual data. But I want you to listen to how Mr. Kerry responds to this 
obvious challenge to his uh, the, his analysis of the data. Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. See, this to me is what I refer to as Friedrich Bonhoeffer stupid. Friedrich Bonhoeffer had a, he wrote what was called the theory of stupidity. And one of the points was, listen, facts and data don't matter. They can simply be ignored because it doesn't hold the, the, the agenda. It doesn't support the prejudice of Mr. Kerry. Mr. Kerry's prejudice is, we're all going to die, and if we don't do something, we are all going to die. And anything that, that contradicts his statement, his assertions, is not serious. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not science. That is blind faith. And because of that blind faith, the governments, including the federal government, have been subsidizing electric vehicles, again, many of them turning into simple failed projects because the technology isn't there yet. You have states, including California, I think New York, and now New Jersey, want to ban gasoline-powered vehicle sales because of this failed science, this, this, this unserious excuse for science. That's going to, again, it'll destroy our way of life. It'll destroy our, our, our economy because they still can't sell these electric vehicles because they work in certain situations, but not in others. But we don't care about that. We don't care about the science, the facts. We are scared because somebody said something was, was bad. Therefore, we have to destroy everything to save us from something that's not happening. I wonder why I just had a flashback of my mother saying, if all of your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? Because that's the stupid we've done. We have we're destroying America. We are at war with our economy. Because Biden, again, he turned around and says he wants to stop gas, uh, gas appliances, gas stoves, gas vehicles, the, gas, the natural gas generation of electricity. Now... He wants to create a whole new set of regulations, completely illegal, completely unconstitutional, just make them up out of thin air to regulate methane. Because supposedly methane is part of this problem. And again, where is, not only where's the science of whether or not it's true, how about show me in the Constitution where you have authority to do that, Mr. President? The answer is nowhere. These are, this is war against our economy against our way of life, because for generations, we've heard people saying, well, you know, the Americans are so rich, they're so wealthy, they, they do these, one, you know, these terrible things because of it, capitalism is awful, we have to destroy it. What better way to destroy the American way than to destroy our liberty, our freedom, our, 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 our economy, our, our ability to uh, survive in harsh climes, whether that be hot or cold, because of the abundance of affordable energy? How can this be anything but an attack on the American way of life? That's the part I, I don't think... I, I can't say I don't understand why we don't see it. I think it's just people don't put it in that terminology. We don't think of it that way. We simply think these are wrong policies. I'm sorry, this pattern, this habit, Makes you think this is not a a um, this is not an accident. This is not simply bad policies. This is an attack on truth, justice, the American way, freedom, liberty, independence. 
these are all attacks on what makes America great, which probably explains why they keep going after the group that says we want to make America great again. How dare you want to make America great again? We're trying to destroy America. Who is it, uh, uh, Obama's preacher for so many years? Not God bless America, but GD America? Is, is, uh, tell me this isn't a war on our way of life. Now listen, I have a break coming up. Before I go, though, you know, there's a great place to get all... I, I stitch a lot of this information from a lot of different sources, but one place I go to every day is americaoutloud.news. It's a great place to get news and information. It's a great place to find the stories, the podcasts, the articles, the videos that really speak to you, that inform you of something, that give you data to support your position. But I need you to do something with that. I need you to become part of the army fighting this war against the American way. And you start by simply sharing this information. Allow other people to see the rest of the story, whether it's John Kerry in front, in, in front of Congress or any of the others we're talking about. By sharing this information, you are working to secure the blessings of liberty for all of us. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Today, we're talking about the war on the American way and, and, and the um, the obvious attacks on well, everything that made America different, everything that made America great, everything that led to our prosperity and the ability to bring freedom, liberty, rights to so much of the world um, is under attack. Now, I focused a lot today on what's going on at the federal level, but I, I, I want to look at some of the things closer to home and then wrap up with uh, maybe a plan or some ideas of what we can do. So we talked already about the federal deficit, the, the debt, 
30, well, it was close to $34 trillion that the American, the United States government owes. And there's a lot to that. I mean, it has a huge impact on the economy, right? It's driving interest rates up. It's helping to drive inflation up. There's a lot of problems here. But it's not just D.C. that has a problem. See, there's a Chicago-based group called uh, Truth in Accounting. Um, they're a nonprofit group. And uh, according to their most recent annual State of the States report, 28 states ran a deficit. 28 states did not have enough revenue. Let me put it this way. 28 states did not have enough revenue to pay all of their bills. Now, the report gives a, a fairly detailed analysis of the fiscal health of all of the 50 states based on, well, the data available from fiscal, fiscal year 2022. According to the, to the report, New Jersey has the worst fiscal health and the greatest burden on its taxpayers. Followed closely by Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Hawaii, Kentucky, Delaware, Louisiana, California, Vermont. That's the bottom 10. Now, there were 22 states that reported surpluses. Um, now, the, the, among these, Alaska was rated first uh, as having the best fiscal health. It was followed by North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, Tennessee, Nebraska, Idaho, Oregon, South Dakota, and Oklahoma. So, yay, the volunteer state made the top 10. One of the reasons why I moved here. Now, the news is not all bad because the debt obligation of all 50 states is was 938.6 billion down point one from 1.2 trillion for fiscal year 2021 so the overall debt of the states is down a little bit that's that's good news but it, 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 again the states are having a hard time paying the bills and they've got to borrow money because unlike the federal government they simply can't print money they can't make it up out of thin air now the other problem we see quite readily in several states is this um, complete abandonment of the rule of law. Uh, we saw it first in, in, in San Francisco and, and, and the West Coast, but New York State, New York City, is is really in trouble. See, it was recently reported that um, retailers in New York State lost four point four billion dollars to organized shoplifting rings. These are groups of people that get together, they target an, an area or a store. They know that if they each one person only steals less than a certain amount, they're not going to get prosecuted. So they go in and they rampage. And it's cost New York retailers $4.4 billion in just 2022. Now, to me, what's interesting is how do you deal with it? Now, the the New York State legislature uh, passed a bipartisan bill to um, create an, a, a, an organized theft task force. Great. What we need is another task force. See, this would have created a 15-member member panel of, quote-unquote, experts appointed by the governor to look into this problem. Anyone else finding it interesting that Okay, the problem is um, smaller crimes are not being prosecuted. So the answer is, let's get a group of experts to figure out the answer. You know what you need? How about instead of 15-member panel, 15-member panel of 15 experts, how about you take the first 15 men, uh, names in the Albany phone book 
Because they're going to come up with an easier, a better idea than these experts, I bet. The answer is, you prosecute the crimes. And if you've got prosecutors that aren't doing their job, well, you fire them and you get ones that will. It'll seem to work in Florida, but I don't know if the what the laws are in New York anymore about how that how that works out. But again, these are you know, how about four point four billion? These are these are business people. Sure, some of them may be corporate stores, but how many of these are simple mom and pop shops, local stores that are losing any profit, losing uh, uh, income, simply because the state of New York? especially the city of New York, refuses to prosecute these crimes. It's not important. Gee, where have I heard that before? Kind of reminds me of, remember during COVID, when if you weren't considered essential, and interesting, all the big companies, they were considered essential, but the little stores, the, the privately owned stores, the mom and pops, they weren't considered essential, and many of them were driven out of business. Tell me, this is not this whole idea of not prosecuting shoplifting isn't an attack on small business. If you're a small business retailer, you can't afford to absorb the cost of these shoplifting. If you're a mega corporation with stores all across the country, it's easier for you to absorb those costs than it is small business. Small business has been the backbone of the American economy from the time when we were all, when most people were small business owners and that they owned farms or they ran stores. But the effect of these policies are even greater. In New York City, the NYPD had over 2,500 officers resign just this year, just so far this year. They're, uh, many of them are saying they're, they're tired. They are fed up with the policies. They go out, they they. Uh, they they investigate, they find the criminal, they arrest the criminal, and the prosecution just lets them go. They, you know, you have people who commit crimes, they're not even held on bond anymore because of this war on justice. Oh, well, you know, it's not fair. More, you know, more black people get, get arrested. Okay, if you're in a black neighborhood, you're going to get more black people arrested, kind of the way it works. If they're committing the crimes, just because more black people are being arrested, the question is, are is a black person and a white person committing the same crime, getting different treatment? If that's true, that needs to be dealt with. But the answer isn't to simply let them go, to pretend they didn't commit a crime. Because you're effectively at that point subsidizing crime. The state of New York many cases, the state of California and Illinois and those cities are subsidizing crime, and then they're shocked, shocked to find out that they have more crime. My mother, back in the 70s, was a uh, NYPD auxiliary. She actually made sergeant. She worked with the police. She walked a beat to help control crime in the 1970s. Not exactly a particularly good time for crime in New York City. But I could, I could uh, see her response to, you mean we do all this work, we go out on patrol, we find the criminal, we arrest the criminal, and they just get let go. Why bother? That's not why the vast majority, I believe, of NYPD took those jobs. They went there to help their community, and they're having their hands tied, and 
they're getting fed up with it. And they're walking away. So I can go, I can do my job somewhere else, or I can find something else to do. But if all they're going to do is play catch and release with the criminals, why bother? Which means not only is um, is is retail theft is that crime not prosecuted, but now you have less fewer you have fewer officers to deal with other crimes, more serious crimes, muggings, burglaries, rapes, assaults, murders. They're not there. With that, you know the 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 breakdown of law and order is the breakdown of a society where you can safely live, where you can have a family, raise kids. I remember, I remember at you know eight nine years old being allowed by myself with my you know four year old younger sister to go out to the playground. We'd leave the apartment, we'd go downstairs. There's a couple playgrounds uh, within within a block or so. We could go there. All by ourselves. I the only thing I had to, I had to have a dime in my pocket. I'd show mom I had a dime. I had to recite our phone number. Can you imagine that today? Maybe it's true. Maybe there still are neighborhoods where there is that. But you have to wonder: Are you still willing to live in that? And what comes next? See, if laws aren't enforced, they don't matter. You can have all the laws that you want. If you do not enforce them, those laws are just ink on paper. They do not matter. And when society, when when society agrees that certain behaviors will be a lot will be tolerated, they quickly become anticipated. Which means, well, if we're not going to have police enforce these crimes, why should we be surprised if they stop enforcing other crimes? And what are the consequences of that? Okay, I want to close out with things we can do, or at least think about. I want you to start thinking about these these lines. When um, when we were expanding in the West, very often what we'd do is we'd set up a fort. There'd be one spot, one and and that in that fort was, well, it was protection. It was the enforcement of laws. But yeah, they were often used for. Um, immoral things. I'm not saying they were perfect, but it was a place of refuge, a place you could go if you were a settler in the West and trouble was coming, you headed for the fort. I think we need that same mentality here without the military. Think of your neighborhood, your town, your city, your county as a fort. Now, if you are in a, in, in a certain state, that fort may be surrounded by the enemy. It may look like the Alamo. But the point is, you have a fort. A fort where laws are enforced. Where the American way, is, you know, truth, justice, and the American way are not only encouraged, they're supported, they're protected, they're defended, they are fought for. Now, again, you may stick out like a sore thumb. But you have one place to go to, to protect your rights. Now, I've done that here where I live. I, I, I've talked to my uh, county sheriff, and I made sure that the deputies are trained to protect the rights of the people here. We haven't really had a chance, we haven't, need, haven't had a need to put it to the test, but the, the, the few tests that we have had, I, I, I believe that the, the, um, you know, the sheriff has upheld his word. 
So there's a spot here that is safer as opposed to, you know, say, maybe maybe Nashville or, or Murfreesboro or Franklin. There's a spot here. But Paul, how's that going to help? Well, if I've got a fort here and I help somebody build a fort in the next county over and the other county over there and the other county over there, the same way that these forts led to an expansion of um, the, the protections of the United States, we can do the same thing here. See, I start by making sure my home is protected, my family's protected. Then I help other people protect their homes and their families and their neighbors. And if I do enough of this, guess what happens? My state becomes that fort. It's not simply the counties and the cities, but the majority of the state becomes a place where rights are protected, laws are enforced. And guess what? If I do that here, I'll travel the country speaking to people. I help other people in other places start putting their forts. They grow, and then even as the people that are fighting our way of life are attacking, we have a place of refuge. And then we can grow those places of refuge until we get to the point where a majority of the states, well, they're all forts. And once we have a majority of states as forts, we can... We will be in control. D.C. suddenly ceases to matter because the people in those states will vote for representation, both in the House and the Senate, that will protect our rights. That if they do something stupid and unconstitutional, the states will simply say, no, you're not doing that here. We didn't agree to that in the Constitution. You're not doing that here. That's an amazing place to be when your state says, we didn't authorize you. Mr. Biden, you want to play games with methane regulations? We don't care. You don't have the legal authority to do that. Go away. Mr. Kerry, you want to implement um, um, you know, policies that destroy our economy? Go home. We didn't authorize the federal government to do that. You want to come attack our people, our uh, political opponents in the state? No, we won't have it. We won't stand for it. That's how we take this country back. I'm working on an article based on an interview with uh, uh, KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov. Uh, hopefully I'll have that here. I'll be talking to you about it soon. But it, 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 it opened my eyes to so much of what was happening in the 80s that we simply haven't learned from. The answer is not in D.C. The answer is not yet in most of our state houses. The answer is right here in our backyards. So if you keep your fort safe, and I keep my fort safe, we change the country, and we do it one city, one town, one county at a time. Now, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I hope you'll come back and visit us here at the Constitution Study. We're on a, every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. All of the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen with your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave the episodes, ratings, reviews. It not only tells me what you're interested in, but it helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. They can find all the links you need at the homepage 
at americaoutloud.news. I hope that you'll share them because that's how we share these ideas, the ideas of the force, the ideas of spreading information, the ideas of sharing the blessings of liberty. I also hope you check out constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. Don't simply listen to the solution, become part of the solution by engaging. I'm not trying to replace whatever it is you're already doing. I'm trying to give you tools so you can do more, maybe do it a little better, maybe be a little more effective, maybe just learn from others. You can find that again at constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. I'm asking you to engage. I'm asking you to start building your own fort. Because if we wish to be the land of the free, we must return to being the home of the brave.